All right, I want to draw your attention to verse 15 of Isaiah chapter 40. It says, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as small uh, dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing, and vanity. And right here we kind of see a comparison when it comes to God and just the nations of this earth. When it comes to the nations of our earth, often they get very lifted up in pride because of their might, their power, their military strength or whatever. But you know what? God looks at all of them and it's just like nothing. No big deal. We see throughout the Bible, God defeated the greatest of armies. God took down the strongest and mightiest of nations. We see men like Nebuchadnezzar, as great and as powerful as he was. We saw God take him down to a beast for seven years and then put him right back in a spot again just to let him know who was in charge. And let me tell you, when it comes to God and countries, there's no comparing the two, folks. I mean, God has them all beat. And I think we all know that. But I want to continue preaching on this sub, you know, this uh, series I've been doing about being balanced. And what I want to look at today is church and patriotism. Right? Church and patriotism. And in all these messages, I'm trying to just teach different concepts. We're not just trying to figure out how to balance out these two specific things. But hopefully, if I'm doing a good job preaching these messages... The principles that you learn from these messages will help you in many other areas too where we often struggle to find balance. And, and I think these two subjects and how we apply these things could help us in a lot of different areas if we can get a hold of these things. And so church and patriotism or God and country, we hear that term a lot, is one that we can use. And there is, there's a lot of talk about this today because... There is no doubt that it's going a little overboard in some churches when it comes to the patriotism. I mean, some churches, during certain times of years, it looks like the Republican National Convention there. I mean, they've got, you know, the flags everywhere. They've got politicians in the church. They've got, you know, they're doing all the patriotic music. And, I mean, the, the country worship, it, it, it can get a little off-putting, okay? And I've, I've seen some of these things. I've seen the pictures. I've watched the videos. I've listened to the sermons. And I've just kind of gagged a little bit uh, when I've seen that. But then, you know, you've got the other side, you know, that, I mean, gets up and they sound like Barack Obama's pastor, Jeremiah Wright, you know, just cursing this country, just talking about how horrible it is. And it's like they're trying to be offensive and say the most extreme things they possibly can. And you know what? There is a part of me, when I hear you start bashing our country, it starts to bother me a little bit. But at the same time, too, I'm the first one to start bashing stuff, too. But you know what? A lot of you, and you don't want to admit it, but I think most of us in here, we do feel a little something when we hear the national anthem. You know, when you hear Lee Greenwood saying he's proud to be an American, you know, we all, we all know about pride and everything, but there's, there's a part of us that's like, yeah, you know. When we, see, when we see what's going on in other countries, you know, and we compare it to America... We do. We've probably said it many times, especially in the last couple of years. As goofed up as this country's been in the last couple of years, you watch what's going on in other countries, and you know what I've said several times? I'm glad I live here. I've said several times this year, I'm just glad I... I I'm, I've, been, I've said several times I'm glad I live in Rock Falls. When you see how it is in cities and stuff right now. And so, often, you know, you've got, we've got people on both sides all trying to tell you how to feel about this. 
And so if you're loving your country a little too much, you've got people that are telling you, you don't love God, you're too patriotic, you're a Fox News Baptist or whatever. And then you've got people on the other side that it's like, you know, ready to, you know, I don't know, that you know, wanting to, you know, they want you to bring in the politicians, talking about how we need to get more involved in politics and we need to, you know, get involved in the government. And, and I'm not even totally against all that stuff, but it's just so dirty, nasty and corrupt that, you know, you know, they'll, they'll get up and tell you, you know, if you're not out there voting, you know, you're going to answer to God for every baby that's killed in this country. And it's just like, I, you know, I, I don't know about that either. And so uh, there is people feel torn and it's real easy. You know, we've got enough Bible on both sides. We can kind of take things and go to extreme with it. You know, I can get up and I can scream about how the nations are a drop in the bucket. They're kind of as less than nothing. But you've got to understand about that passage too, though, is we're kind of comparing these things to God. Does God not care about the nations? Does God not care about the souls? Does God not care about the people? God got mad at Jonah for not caring about the people of Nineveh. Because there's a lot of innocent people there too. But if Noah would have acted like a bunch of Baptist preachers I know, he'd have, got, he'd have looked at God and he'd have been like, you know what? It's just Nineveh. The nations are as a drop in the bucket. They're kind of as less than nothing. And I just love God so much, I hate Nineveh. And that's what, that's what Jonah thought. But you know what? God wasn't impressed with Jonah because you know what? Jonah was not balanced. Jonah, he, he took it too far the other way. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 9.17, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And America's forgotten God. But is that saying I have to hate him? Can I try to save some people? Can't we try to restore some things? You know, 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now, when he's talking about the brotherhood there, is he, is he talking just about our Christian brothers and sisters in Christ? Or, but this, or is this more of a national thing? Because he's talking about even honoring the king too. Did you know it's okay for you to have a care and concern about your country and your fellow man? It's, all, it's okay. First Thessalonians 3.12 says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another, and toward all men, even as we do toward you, to the end that he may establish your hearts unblameable and holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So if we're supposed to abound in love one toward another, we're supposed to be increasing in love one toward another. You know what? If I start loving my country a little bit, I don't think I'm violating the Bible. If, if I, you know, it doesn't mean, and if I say I love my country, meaning I love the people, it doesn't mean I love Congress and what they're doing. Doesn't mean I love J.B. Pritzker and what he's pu- pushing on our country and his, you know, the things that uh, he's doing to just ruin this state. That's it's not it's not that. So you know these principles we're going to be looking at in this message, I believe they can be applied to many areas where there's often conflict among Christians, and we're going to look at, you know, just this specific area of conflict between this attitude of church and patriotism. You know, and you do you have churches where I mean. There's American flags everywhere and you can't find a Bible or a cross in there to save your life. And, you know, and then you got others. It's like, you know, American flags are banned even around 4th of July. You know, you can't do that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to go that far either. So, uh, you know, there's no doubt So there's extremes. And so, uh, you know, we, I watched some services this last year. Some of you might have seen it where they literally had young men marching around the churches carrying American flags. You know, they had the patriotic music playing. Um, I mean, it's just, 
it, it was kind of weird. It's like, that's a church service, you know. And so, but on, on the other hand, you know, you do, you have the places where they're cursing America, acting like it's the worst country on the planet. But so most of you throughout your life, you've probably been taught to love your country. You've been taught to be patriotic a little bit. So to most of us, we don't want to admit it, but we get a good feeling, you know, when we hear some of that music. And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. You know, some of you probably get fired up, you know, when you hear Stars and Stripes Forever or talk about the Founding Fathers and John Wayne and Donald Trump, right? I mean, no. <laughs> and folks, we've, I mean, the, the Donald Trump stuff in pulpits has really been off-putting. I mean, bad. I, I, I just, I just saw a picture. It was a piano like that, and they had, you know, like a drape over it with American flags, and it said, Jesus is my Savior, Trump is my President. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, and, and, and it's like current, okay? This wasn't when he was President. I mean, and, and, and you got preachers from the pulpit. And listen, folks, I'm the first one to want to get caught up in some of the political battles and things like that. But I try to keep it out of the pulpit as much as I can, you know, and, but it, it's hard to sometimes. But it's like, good night. You know, if you want to, can't, you know, can't, you know, pretend Trump's still president, can you leave that out of the pulpit? All right. Let's let's keep that out there. You know, and if you want to do that, just offend the liberals or something like that. I'm all for it. But uh, you know, not here. OK, I'm not going to wear a Donald Trump tie. At church. I saw a lot of preachers doing that in the one election, too, where they were, you know, not ties with Donald Trump. but He's got his own line of ties. And they're all tweeting these pictures showing their Trump tie that they're wearing and stuff. And it's like, you guys are ridiculous. I can't even afford a Trump tie. You know? But anyway, uh, it, you, can, you, can go, you can go way too far. But we do. You know, we, we like hearing those things. You know? uh, we've all heard John Wayne's you know, oration that he did about America. I mean, and yeah, and you're lying to me if you don't get a good feeling when you hear John Wayne talking about this great land of ours. I don't know. I think you're lying. And I know every older person in here loves hearing that too, because all, you know, every senior loves John Wayne, right? And the rest of you, your millennials and Gen Z and you're, and you're too weak and effeminate to like John Wayne. I'm just, I'm just having fun with you there. But so, you know, you have those positive feelings said, and there's plenty of people out there ready to make you feel bad, tell you how racist you are. You know, some of you racists celebrating Thanksgiving this week. Uh, you know, don't you know what those pilgrims did to the Indians, all that stuff. I mean, we're, we're not allowed to enjoy anything anymore. You try to enjoy anything, there's always somebody out there to just rain on your parade and make you feel guilty. And you know what? You just got to learn to just take a big, you know, bite of turkey and just enjoy it anyway and tell them to go jump on the lake. But anyway, should churches be rebuked for their American flags, for their patriotism? And the truth about this conflict... And like many, we're focusing on this one, but I think we could apply this to many other conflicts, is that this is in reality a stupid debate. There is such a thing as dumb questions. There is a such a thing as foolish debate topics. And I really believe this is one because there's many problems that come with this debate. And I've thought a lot about this. I've listened to a lot of the criticism. I've heard multiple podcasts done on this subject with people just you know talking about how bad it is to be patriotic. And then I've heard others talk about how bad it is not to be patriotic. I've, I've listened to both sides of this argument. And the problem with this debate is that the first thing, we assume to know the motivations and the hearts of other people. Now turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 17 
In verse 28, this is a very well-known passage of Scripture. David, uh, he shows up to go bring his food, some food to his brothers. Goliath's there taunting Israel, defying God. And David, he sees, uh, he sees a cause. David sees a need. Hey, somebody's coming after our nation. Somebody's messing with our country. They're defying our God. Somebody ought to take care of this guy. And he says in 1 Samuel 7, 28, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. He heard David going around. Hey, how come nobody's taking care of this giant? How come nobody's taking care of this enemy of our nation? Eliab hears it, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither? And, with, and now here's why he came down. His father told him to. He was minding his own business. He was keeping, it, keeping the sheep. His father told him, take some food to your brothers and see how things are going. That's why he was there. That's the answer. But he just throws out the question, why'd you come down hither? With whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Eliab was dead wrong on his perception of David's heart because David was a man after God's own heart. David wasn't there out of pride. David didn't have a naughty heart. David didn't shirk his responsibilities at home. You know, Eliab's acting like, you've got other things you should be doing. It's like all these people that, you know, they'll see something we post online. We talk about COVID land or something like that. And you get these people, why aren't you out there soul winning? You know, you forgot about all those souls that are out there. Hey, we're taking care of the souls that are out there. We've been out there soul winning too. But sometimes we like to do other things too. Or you just want to see the battle. You want to get in the fight. Well, you know, maybe you do want to get in the fight sometimes. Maybe I do. And, but you know what? You don't know what's going on. Oh, you're just trying to get attention. They throw all these things out at you. And you know what? They're just wrong. And so what most of the time, when you see somebody condemning the patriotism that's going on in churches or what they're seeing, is they are condemning, they're they're, uh, attributing motives that they don't know are actually there in those people. You can't, how can we accurately judge the motives, the priorities and everything that's in another church? You, know, you can't really do that. How do we know why a person, what's in a person's heart when they are flying that American flag out their house, when they've got a flag on their car or something like that? They wear American flag type. We don't know what we don't know what's in their heart, and we can't. And so I do. I think this subject is one that we could put in the category of debates. We should just avoid because it is. It's it's very foolish. Are these people when a church has some kind of God and country Sunday? And I'm just saying, when it comes to our church, when it comes to me, I don't really want to do a whole lot of that stuff. I just, I, I don't think it's beneficial. Uh, I've got my thoughts on it, but other people might feel different on that. But, you know, are these people celebrating America because they love their country more than God? Or are they just thankful that they live here instead of some communist country? Oh, you know, these people out there with all their American flags you know, and a few crosses, it's because they love their country more than they love God. Well, do they? Or, you know, is, is that proof? Or is that just a decoration that they chose for the 4th of July season? I, I mean, I don't know. We, are, you, are you sure about that? When somebody says they love America, are you 100% sure about how they are using the word love? Because this is another important thing too. Because you know what? Nobody should love their country in the sense of 
loving it more than they love God. And there's examples in the Bible where it talks about that. In Matthew 6, 24, it says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Sometimes when the Bible uses the term love uh, versus hate, it's in the sense of prioritizing one over the other. And you cannot love... You know, we should even love father and mother more than we love God. We should love them, but we should love them less than God. And so the thing is, if I get up and I say, you know what, I love America, does that mean I love it more than God? Or does it mean I just love it too? Because I'll tell you right now, I do love our country. I don't love it more than God. And just because I say that, for you then to just assume that that's what I mean, you know what, that's wicked on your part. That's wrong. You shouldn't do that kind of thing. That's not right. Exodus 21.5 says, And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. And that was talking about a man, if he was a servant, he could choose to remain a servant forever for that man. And notice what it said, if he loves his master. How dare he love his master? You know, the Bible says we can't, we can't do that. And it says he loves his wife too. No, you can't love... Folks, it's okay. You can love a lot of stuff. You can love a lot of people. But you know what? You should always have priority. It's okay for me to love all of you, but you know, I shouldn't love you more than I love my, my family. I shouldn't love you more than I love my wife. I should obviously prioritize them. And so, uh, there's a lot of different definitions of love. There's many ways we can use the word. There's many ways that it's used in the Bible. In fact, one of Webster's 1828 uh, definitions, the third definition it has for love is literally this patriotism the attachment one has to his native land as the love of country. And you, do, and you have people out there, they act like it's bad to love your country. And it's, you know what? It's normal to love your country. It's normal to love your people. It's normal to love your family. It's weird when you don't. It doesn't mean I love everything. You know, you know why I get so mad at what's going on in Washington, D.C.? Because I love my country. You know why I get so mad at what goes on in Springfield? Because I love my state. That's why I get so mad about those things. I don't know why you're worrying about that stuff. You know, we're, you know we, we shouldn't get so caught up in it. I, I can't help it. I love my country. I love my state. And it doesn't mean I don't love God. But people, when they want to argue with you, that's always what they go to. They, go, they do like Eliab, and they just assume to know your heart, and they attribute all these terrible things that just are not the case. And so just understand when people do that, anytime, you know, and if you're, if, if somebody gets up and they're just condemning this church and accusing them of loving God or loving their country more than they love God, you know what? You need to show, have them show you the proof of that. And you know what? Even churches being really weird and having their guys march around with American flags while singing my country to the D and stuff like that, that still doesn't mean they love their country more than they love God. It's, it might be a little weird, but it doesn't mean that. And so we, we got to be careful with that kind of thing. So, it is appropriate to favor your country over other countries that are not yours. And that and that, that can be again, that's another use of the term love. It means to just uh, have favor towards it. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, "My son, forget not my law, 
but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Favor is a good thing to, to have, to possess. It's something that we ought to seek after. We ought to want God to favor us. And favoring something is not sinful unless you favor one thing over something that should be a priority. Okay, so we can look at literally any two things, you know, we can, we, and we can favor one thing over another. You know, if we can take, you know, I like chocolate and I like vanilla. Okay, I could say I love both of those, but I might favor one over the other. Now, you say, which one? I don't know. That's why you typically get twist when I go, because I can't decide uh, which of the two I favor. But some of you might be like, I, I like them both, but I favor, I favor chocolate. Okay? That's not wrong for you. That, that's not that weird. But, for example, when it comes to wives, I favor my wife over all other wives. Is that weird? No, it would be weird if I didn't. Okay? It would be wrong if I didn't. You know, I favor my children over all other children. You know, if I'm at a sporting event or something like that, and my kids and a bunch of other kids are out there playing, guess which child I'm going to be paying most attention to? You know, if, if I've got my son out there playing a basketball game, there's ten other, nine other people on the court, I'm paying attention to that one guy because he's my son. You know why? Because I favor him. I'm going to get a little more excited if he scores over somebody else because I favor him. That's not, that's not wrong for me to prioritize my child over other children. That's not, that's, not a weird, that's not a weird thing. You know, I favor my church over other churches. That's, that's also not wrong. That's not weird. I, and I favor my country over other countries. I don't like hearing about other countries dealing with communism, dealing with all the COVID nonsense and things like that. But you know what? I care more when it's our country. And I don't think it's wrong for me, for me to be that way. And so often when a church does something showing favor to their country, it's not a sin unless they're doing a thing where they're comparing God to country. But they're not. This isn't about God, country, which one do we like better? No, this is about this country versus other countries, and we like this one better. They're, no, nobody's doing that. Nobody's putting, you know, you know, if I'm out there looking at my, my son playing in a basketball game and I'm paying attention to him and I'm favoring him, you wouldn't accuse me of not loving God because of that. But when people pay special attention to their country, all of a sudden, well, they're not, they don't love God. Now, that's kind of a leap right there. You know, that, you know, that's kind of a leap. It's okay for me to say something positive about somebody. And it not necessarily be me saying something against someone else. If I refer to another lady out there as talented in some area, or maybe she's a good singer or something like that, and I acknowledge that, and then you're like, well, you must like her better than you like your wife. No, I'm just acknowledging the fact that she's a good singer. Well, you know what? As a husband, your focus should be on your wife. Well, my focus is on my wife. I'm just making an observation that she sang really good and that, that she's very talented. But isn't that what people do? And you know what they're just doing? They're just trying to be argumentative is what it comes down to. These people are just jerks. They're contentious. 
They're, they're idiots. They're the kind of people that you ought to just stay away from when they do that kind of thing because it's not wrong to do that. But what do they do? They're always trying to like drag God into that equation in a way to where you are now favoring something above Him. And you know what? Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. That's not even a thought in anybody's mind. You're being like a liar and putting thoughts into somebody else's mind that just never even crossed them. You're assuming motives are there that just aren't there. And so often when people rebuke the patriotism of others, says, you know, we do, we're pretending they've put God versus their country and in their minds they've chosen country. But that contest, that contest is only taking place in the minds of your evil heart. And so, you know, we should probably just, you know, back off of mind our own business because love of anything doesn't always have to do with love toward one thing over love of another thing. And often that's what the Bible talks about. When it's talking about loving God, you know, versus father and mother, it's just talking about giving him the priority. But we have other places in the Bible where we are told to love a lot of different people, where we are told to love a lot of different things, and it is okay for you to do that, and we don't mean the same thing. When I get up and I say, I love God, there's a meaning to that. When I get up and I say, I love ice cream, doesn't mean the same thing. It doesn't mean I put them on an equal plane. Y'all understand that? I'm obviously using that in a different way. You know, because I love God because He is the source of all things. He has given me life. He sent His Son to pay for my sins. He is good to me. He blesses me. He's given me eternal life. I mean, I could go on and on about the reason I love God. I love ice cream because it tastes good. So I use the same word but is there the same meaning to it? Because at the same time, too, I love ice cream, but it kind of makes me hate it, too, sometimes because it's not always good for you and it doesn't always help your diet. But yet it's always that temptation. So, I, so even when I say that, I only mean, literally, in my flesh and with my taste buds. So, uh, but, but, you know, somebody could hear me say that and you know, they wouldn't for that because it's obvious, but they'll do it for other things. Somebody gets up, I love my country, I love whatever, and then they do. They just immediately try to put you against God. Don't fall for people like that. They're, they're just being clowns. That's what's going on. And so, um, you know, so we use that word love to express many different degrees and types of love. So for another thing too, you know, when someone thanks a veteran or expresses thankfulness for those who died fighting for our country, are you sure they're giving God's glory to a man? Or are they having giving honor to whom honor is due? Do you know for a fact that they haven't thanked God for the freedom that we enjoy? I mean, I've heard people literally get up and talk about, you know, I, I'm not worried about thanking veterans. I'm not thanking the soldiers. I thank God for my freedom. My freedom comes from Jesus Christ. I was purchased with His blood. I don't get my freedom from any men. I don't get my freedom from soldiers. And they can get up and beat their chest and talk all you know, big and strong and powerful. And just, but wait a minute. Who put God you know, against the soldiers? Why are we comparing those two things like, we, like I was supposed to pick one? Why is it if I thank a soldier, if I thank a veteran, how is that me all of a sudden now going against God? How do you know I haven't thanked God? for the freedom we have? How do you know I haven't thanked God for the blessings on this country? You don't, you don't know that, but yet that's what people do. And that, that is wrong. Because you know what? It does say in Romans 13, 6, 
For this cause pay ye tribute, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. And that's talking about the slave, you know, one who, the, who slays the wicked. You know, the, the law enforcement basically. He says, render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And you know what, folks? Sometimes soldiers are the ones that are used to do that type of thing. You know, I'll bet a lot of people in Kenosha last week or a week before were pretty glad there was a bunch of National Guard people there. A lot of people in Kenosha were wishing some cops were there a little over a year ago. They decided to stand down. But you know what? You know, I'm thankful that we do have people that will step, step in when needed. Now, yes, there's bad examples. Yes, the people leading the military are often, I mean, right now are just horrible and are making a lot of foolish decisions. But do you know sometimes they do things right? Even the leadership, sometimes they get things right. Sometimes they actually do their job. And if somebody is to look at that person who did their job and to thank them, how is that taking away from God's glory? You know, it's just giving honor to whom honor is due. And a person is not wrong in doing that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9, 7, who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges. Right there, Paul's talking about that. And he's using that principle to show those who preach the gospel live of the gospel. But folks, soldiers are one of the things that we're supposed to pay taxes for. Paul's saying, you know, why would he go in his own charge? They don't go on their own expense. You know, we take care of them. We pay for them. We, we provide their needs. You know why? Because they're doing something for us, they're doing something on our behalf. And if we want to be thankful for it, you know what? I think it's okay for us to be thankful for it. And any goofball gets up and says, no, you know, you're giving God's glory to them. They don't even know what they're talking about. That's ridiculous. Nobody's, nobody's doing that in their mind. Because did you know that throughout history, did you know that even in the Bible, in fact, even in our country, it's been done, they could force you to join the military and go fight? Folks, it wasn't that long ago, they were drafting people. In Vietnam, they drafted people. The, the, the government could come, and they can still do that in our country if they want to. Right now, they're not. You know why? Because we, we have a volunteer army. They don't need to. I think it's better to have a volunteer army. But in our country, they, without violating the Constitution, they've done it before, and they could do it again. They could say, we need soldiers, and we're taking people of this age group, whatever, and they could draft you and you would have to go. And if you didn't, they would throw you in prison. Folks, that's how it is. But you know what? That would, that's a foreign concept to most of us, to my generation, because they haven't had the draft since I've been alive. But you know what? If we ever get to where we don't have enough people going, they'll probably bring it back. And you know what? I don't want them to. Because I don't... I. I don't care for the causes that we're fighting for. I don't really want to do that. But folks, you better believe our government has the power to do that very thing. But because of volunteers, we don't have to. So you know what? If somebody looks at those people and is a little bit thankful for them, I think it's okay. I, th I think it's okay to be that way. And we are not taking away glory from God. All glory obviously goes to God for everything. He gets... You know, he, he should be first in our praise for anything. He should be first in our thankfulness for, for anything. God should always be thanked first, but it doesn't change the fact that others can be thanked as well. 
You know, if, if your wife does something really nice for you and she, you know, would like you to appreciate thanks, well, all glory goes to God. I know that meal was good, but I'm thanking God for it, not you. You know, I, I, you know, and there's probably some people out there probably like that with their wives. They're so hardcore on giving God glory for everything. They're not even willing to compliment their wife on anything. And now I think that's, I think that's pretty sorry and it's pretty pathetic. And so, just because you see someone thanking someone publicly for their service, it doesn't mean they haven't thanked God privately, and it doesn't mean they haven't thanked God publicly either. So, and, it, and here's the thing, if they did it publicly, you'd criticize that too. Oh, you know, what are you doing? Making a big show, sounding the trumpet. Listen, if you want to condemn somebody, you can always condemn somebody. If I, if I don't like somebody I want to preach against, them, I can find something to preach against them for. And folks, it's amazing the things... You know, people who want to preach against me, the things they have to twist. And it's like, really? Am I that hard to find something to preach against? I think it should be easier than that. <laughs> you know, you'll come talk to the people in our church and they'll give you some better, they'll give you some better material. You know, hey, you should, did you actually hear what he said in this sermon? You know, here's some, you know, that they could give you something a lot better. But Ephesians 1.15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, Making mention of you in my prayers. And so, see, thankful goes, thankfulness goes to God first. But you know what? If I'm thankful to God for you, it is still appropriate for me to let you know I'm thankful for you. And I don't need to just be, well, I, I can't say anything nice because I'm just giving all praise to God. No, obviously, no matter what we're thankful for, we should, we understand God is the original source of that. He should get thanks first for anything. But it doesn't mean there aren't some people under that can also receive thanks too. It's not wrong for you to do that. And when people go to verses about all glory going to God, you know, to condemn you for thanking somebody, saying something nice to somebody else, they're just ridiculous. It's not right. So the real problem with this whole thing is we're judging something that's just not really ours to judge when it comes to other churches. We're judging, it's, it's not really ours. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother or judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? And you've got to understand, there are some things that we are in no position to judge. Obviously, okay, you know, there's, you know, and, and this is what you do too. You'll have, well, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolish, you know, they're spiritually discerned, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things. So I can judge all things. No. All things meaning you're capable of judging spiritual as well as carnal. You're able to judge all things as in there's spiritual and there's carnal. You're able to judge both. That doesn't make you a qualified judge for every situation. Because there's a lot of places where God's told us not to judge. And who are you to judge? So again, when we see something going on in another church, do we see everything that church is doing? I mean, when, you know, and people do that, you know, they'll see me post some things online because maybe I'm fired up about a subject or something. And it's like, you, it's like, that's all you talk about, Pastor Tommy. Well, that's all you saw me talk about from the other side of the country. But over here, you know, so it seems like the only thing you preach about, Brother Tommy, is this subject. Well, yes, 
If you only watch my preaching online and you only watch select sermons that are on a subject that you know, gets you mad, then yes, it's going to seem like that's all I preach about. Uh, you mean you've said this and you've said it over and over and over again. Well, yes, if that statement bothered you and you kept watching it over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, that I said all the time. But in reality, that only happened one time. You know, in, in one service. But you, you have these people that torture themselves. I can't believe he said that. I'm going to watch it again. You know, and then I'm going to share it on social media. That's all you talk about. So again, often that's how we're judging people when it comes to stuff going on in other churches. We're only seeing one little thing. You know, I, we're not seeing everything that they do. We're not seeing how they spend their entire week. We're only getting little, little glimpses. That's why social media is so fake too. You're just getting select snapshots into everyone's life on those. You're not seeing everything. And we don't see everything that's going on in other churches. And so we're not in any position to judge. You know, Romans 44, who art thou to ju- that judges? Another man's servant. To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he should be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. You know, and so, and, and I'm not going to go through all that passage, but you know, even things like July 4th. Do you know July 4th probably doesn't mean the same thing to every person in this church? And it definitely doesn't mean the same thing in every church. We don't know why people do the things they do. Christmas means different things to some people. Some people, it, it's pagan to them, but it's not to other people. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're not commanded to do some of these things, but if, if people do things a little different, you know, everybody's got different traditions or whatever, that's up to you. You know, I, I don't really care what you all do on Christmas at your house. I don't care what your traditions are. Just leave mine alone, you know, but you, you can do your own thing when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, a church, you know, you know, we're not able to see how everyone spends their 24 hours in a day. Besides me, that three or four minutes a week they post on social media, you know, and a church, a church is allowed to have events, celebrations that aren't even necessarily about the Bible. Sometimes as a community of people, we have fun and fellowship with something that we have in common, you know, like sports, food, you know, just personal celebrations. Why do you guys talk about birthdays in church? Why have a birthday cake in church? You know, it should be about God. You know, this is how we love each other. This is how we care about each other. This is how we fellowship with each other. You know, we... We center things around common interests of food, sports, whatever. It's not wrong for us to do that. And it, it's, and it does. These things, this makes it easy. It's real easy for us to get up and just pontificate about how carnal sports are and the things of God are so much more important. But, you know, and, and again, that, then you have the people that try to make soul winning look bad and act like all we're allowed to do is go soul winning. You know, I can't believe your church is having Sinspiration night. You know, Church should be about the preaching. You know, the church should be about, well, we preach all the time. All the time. And the Bible doesn't command us how many sermons we have to have in a week. And you know what? If one time a year we take a service and we focus a little more on the music, that's up to us. And other churches can do different if they want to. You know, but it, at the end of the day, uh, this is what we do. This is for our benefit and we have several reasons why we do it. Some we do once a year. And, um, you know, we don't need to go pitting these things against each other. Again, if we as a church, we have some kind of family fun event where we go and play baseball. You know, 
we're not, you know, is, you know, there's going to be some clown out there who thinks, well, you know, look how many people are out there playing ball. I wonder how many people you got saved if you went soul winning. Okay, well, we go soul winning every week. Baseball, we haven't, we haven't even had a baseball game yet. Well, we played a little bit over at the other building. But I mean, you're allowed to do stuff like that. But there's always that person that wants to look overly spiritual, rain on the parade. And you know what they're doing? They're judging something they don't understand. And the people, too, who do that kind of thing are usually people that are brand new to the church. And, that, and, and so they don't understand the priorities. They don't understand those things. Or somebody from outside the church. And that's why, you know, the criticism, most of the criticism we get from outside this church, I just kind of laugh at. So it's like, you people have no idea what you're talking about. You obviously have not been here. And so... Uh, we, I, you know, we don't allow it to influence us. And so it's important that we're going to be balanced individuals. We need to allow others to have different priorities, likes, dislikes, hobbies, interests. But we're so caught up in this age of social media of making everyone be exactly like us that we end up putting a burden on people that we were never called to bear. And as a church, there will be events and celebrations that we will choose to participate in. There'll be others we'll choose not to participate in. And we'll have many reasons for the choices that we make. But these, those choices are ours to make. And the same thing applies to families. Every family is different. Every family has different cultures, traditions, priorities. And each should be free to choose how to live their life without everyone jumping down their throat every time they make a different choice than we would. And this, and so I believe when it comes to this type of thing, I am in no position to speak for what all churches should do when it comes to church and patriotism, God and country. Um, I'm only in a position to speak for this church. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, we'll always look outside and see things and yeah, that looks kind of weird. But you know what? We should never condemn that church for it because we don't know everything. And so, you know, we'll give them a pass on some stuff that looks weird. Because I think we probably look kind of weird. Some people sometimes too. I don't know why, but it probably happens. And be nice if they'd mind their own business and not judge us in a way they shouldn't. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help to everyone. I pray it'll help us to take these principles and apply them in many areas, Lord, where we often step out of line and get out of bounds, start judging things that are not ours to judge, things that we are, have no authority, we are in no position to judge. And I pray it'll help us just focus on the things that you've given us to take care of and that we'll do those to the best of our ability, doing them to honor you and to please you instead of to please man. In your name we pray. Amen.